You're listening to another episode of JB versus Everybody. Yay! And now here's your host, Dr. Brown. Hey, hey, you. Yeah, you listening to this episode of JB versus Everybody. First, I cannot express enough gratitude for you taking the time out of your busy day to listen to JB versus everybody. Please tell your friends, rate, subscribe, take a screenshot, add us on Instagram at JB versus everybody.com. If you want to be a guest on the show, please visit our website at www.jbversuseverybody.com. Again, we love hearing from you. Thank you so much for the support. And let's grow this podcast and make it something very special. It's for you, the people. Why, hello, wonderful people. Welcome to another episode of JB versus Everybody. I am your host, Dr. Brown, also known as Old Man Sloth, or just simply JB. And I'm recording on my brand new gold microphone that was given to me by the people. So I appreciate you, the people. So with that being said, I have a very special treat. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get in my, my radio voice bag today. So let's see how it goes. Anywho, now I'm just fucking around. Um, but I do have a very special treat. I have one of my closest friends, one of the most intelligent, one of the most amazing men I know, so influential. And I have something very important to discuss today. I had to bring him on. I needed him. So without further ado, let me say hello to Mr. Sal Davis. Sal, say hello to the people. What up, people? What up, Sal? That's my special effects. They just said what I was up. waiting for. I was waiting for the background applause and you know, shit like that. Like I need nah, the background nah, applause. Nah, nah, nah. We'll, we'll put we'll put that in another time, my brother. So you know what, Sal? I, I wanted to start the pod different than I normally do. I wanted to focus on my guests and I want my audience to get to know my guests a little bit better. So Sal Davis, would you do me the honor of telling us a little bit about yourself? I hate that question or the, that proposition. It, well, it's then fuck you then, it's, Sal. Because it's not clear. It's not you. It's just that it's, well, it's, all what, right, we, well, Sal, give me, it's give what we me, tend to, it's what we tend to do a lot of times and just say, look, tell me about yourself. Well, you know what, Sal, then fuck it. Give me, so. give me four important points about you that my audience should know. <laughs> that, that That's, that's, that's a good one. All right. Um, I'm here all week. So, um, I'm a husband, been married for five years, I'm going on six in February. I'm a father of three, uh, became a father at the age of 13 and got custody of my daughter when I was uh, 26 years old. She was 12. Um, and um, I'm an author I'm a, and I'm also a therapist in training. Excellent. Excellent. Now, you did mention that you were an author. What is the name of your book? The name of the book is Life 101, Lessons from a 13-Year-Old Father, available on Amazon and um, for direct purchase as well. Um, contact me directly. DM me on my, my uh, social medias, Saladin Davis. 
Excellent. And for my audience, what I will do, I will put the link as part of my podcast information. So you guys can just go in and grab the the book if you're interested. So definitely. Now, I, I want to talk about the book because I found the book to be very fascinating. And it sounded or it seemed like to me as a person without kids, it was heavy. I, I was able to appreciate and understand some of the lessons. And I felt that many of them helped me just in terms of regular motivation on my day-to-day life. Now, I'm not going to spend the entire time discussing your book because that's not what JB versus everybody is about. Plus the <laughs> fact that I am not part of the acknowledgement, but that's fine there as well. we go. But that is fine as well. So if I said, hey, Mr. Sal Davis, if there's something you wanted the people to get from your book, what would it be? Accountability, period. Okay. That's that's, that's it. It's the first lesson, and it's the most to me. It's the most important one. I think all the le- other lessons are built upon ac- accountability. So accountability in the book is based on me taking full accountability for for my role and becoming a father at such a young age, and um, in my role in what position. I put myself, my family, my daughter's mother, and everybody, you know, in that was uh, connected to me because of my actions. And when you read the book, there's a, you know, I flip flop from giving you a narrative form of what my that time of my life, rolling into the lesson that I learned from that time of my life, starting when I found out I was a father. And you'll see that when I at first I blamed a lot of. Uh, blamed a lot of people. I blamed people. I blamed God. I blamed everybody but myself for being in that position at, at such a young age. And it wasn't until I learned to be, you know, accountable for my part in it that I was able to grow from it and therefore, you know, be a better, um, you know, man for me and for my kids. So um, accountability is the basis for everything else because you can roll through life and be quote unquote successful or, you know, seem to be seem to have everything that you want to need to have good relationships but if you're not accountable for your actions you know it's everything's going to fall apart in some way shape or form when you're not when, I mean look at our unfortunately look at like somebody like the um at flight 45 not mm-hmm. accountable for anything right <laughs> um I, I learned that at an early age, you know, and I'm in, it's, it's a lifelong process. I'm still developing it, but I focus on it a lot. And accountability is the primary thing that I would say that everybody needs to take from my book, my story, who I am, how I move, all of that. Well, I am so glad you brought us here because I wasn't even trying. And you know what? This is exactly where I wanted to go. <laughs> so I need your, assist- your assistance. Oh I need... I need some accountability in my life. And I've been struggling and I will, I will peel back the onion, peel back the curtain, whatever the term you want to use. And I'm struggling, Sal Davis, and I'm hoping that you can help me. I'm starting to realize as I'm getting older and I progress in life that I'm losing my edge. <laughs> and that's a problem. And I don't know if it's because I'm just very content and I'm happy where with I am where I'm at just in terms of my life, or is it the fact that I'm getting soft? I hate to say it. Could it just be that I'm being soft? 
And I have to be accountable to my audience that listens to me. So Sal, can you help me get my edge back? It depends on what you think your edge is. I, I need you to explain what you think your edge is. And like explain your edge, explain what your edge is or was since you're saying that you're losing it and help me understand how did you lose it? Like, what, what did that look like? And then maybe I could help. Well, you know what? I am so glad that you asked that question. That is a phenomenal question. So back in our younger days, let me, let me, let our audience in a little bit. I've known Sal Davis for about 20 years now. And when I was the younger JB, I think I was a little bit more aggressive. I think I didn't care as much as I do now. Mm. And what I've and what I've learned recently, especially hanging out on Chatty House often, um I'm having these kind of like I'm having positive conversations. Like we're talking about this is being manifested into the universe and this is going to happen to you and that's going to happen to you and blah, 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 blah. But you know what? A part of me doesn't care. I don't care. I don't care what people are saying. I don't care about the lessons they learn. I don't care about their stories but I'm being polite. I'm being respectful. I am listening and I'm even providing feedback. And then I thought to myself, Sal, that's not me. This is not me. This is not the core of JB. I come from the school of Star and Buck Wild. That's who I am. <laughs> okay. And that's how I know I'm dating myself because people don't even know who Star and Buck yeah, Wild is. Yeah. Yeah. For real. But back, back in college, I was, I was known as the hater of all haters. And I used to yeah. I used to destroy people, but I can't yeah. do it anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I can't I can't do it anymore, Sal. So why why can't I do it anymore? Help me. <laughs> Help, Help me, me Sal. Uh, like so, why why is it that you um, why is it that you feel that that you lost the edge? Like what happened? What changed from? Cause, cause you're taking a big leap. Like we graduated a long time ago, bro. Like I know you. So you I talk know. about who you were in college to who you are now, as if you I graduated last year. Like, well, I, I think it's a good discussion only because I started to go to therapy, and I'm and I know this is something that I definitely want to kind of talk with you about, especially because this is going to be your future when you start your practice and this mm -hmm. is, you want to help people. So I started to think that therapy fucked my life up on the low because it made me much more mellow. It made me much more in tune with my feelings. You know, I think I'm, I'm so much more expressive of, of things in my life, but because of that, I'm also conscious of how people feel. And that scares me. Like that was never me. So, Sal, like, should I progress and, and continue on this path of becoming a better person? Or should I get back and get my street cred back? Because that's, that's what I need. That's what the people want. What do you think, Sal? <laughs> Dude, uh, you, know, you know the answer. 
you you most of the time when you ask a question, you know the answer. You're just looking for confirmation. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I should um, drop the mix. first I off. Drop the st- first off, you first off, you didn't have any street cred, so um, oh, it's not it's not that. So you ain't even had no street cred. And, and y'all, I uh, um y'all, I wish y'all could see JB's mannerisms as he talks about this shit. Like he's like really like adamant. He cares like his body language. Um, <laughs> but uh, yo, like so. You're just describing the maturity that, you know, most people make from the time where they're in college doing things that focus specifically on them and and them receiving the type of attention that they want to you getting older and, you know, growing in uh, sensitivity and empathy and understanding that uh, feelings don't make you soft. And yeah, that's not, it's not a bad thing. I think you, I think you're growing a lot. I, I think there's, a ton of maturity there. I like this JB, you know? I mean, even though the old JB, I can throw wild jokes at, which I kind of miss that shit too. But, um, <laughs> but, I, but I like this JB. I like this JB. Mature, JB has matured a lot. JB has grown a lot. And JB has been through a lot and still been able to mature through these ups and downs and tragedies and triumphs, man. So you should be proud of yourself. Well, I appreciate the kind words, and a couple a couple of friends have also brought this to my attention. <clears throat> Excuse me, that they also have known that like it's it's there's a shift in who I am, but I'm also torn because I want to get back to being JB, the J Patron that used to run the streets and used to go out two or three times a month. And 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 used to tear it up, tear it up with his people. But he's he's not there no more, man. So that, yeah, that's why. that's that's a different. We're talking different, a whole different area now, right? So you tell him you're talking about now. You're talking about um, being um, in the mood to party a lot with your people. Well, it's it's not necessarily party. Like back back in my day when I was known as El El Jefe Nueve. Um, that, was, that, was, that was just a different guy. El Jefe Nueve. And even, and even, and even before him, I was El Pollo Loco, right? So El Pollo really, Loco. Really, really. El Pollo yes, Loco. I, I was known as El Pollo Loco. So El Pollo Loco, that was a wild boy. He was a wild boy. But now, you know, I've, 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 to your point, I've gotten older. I've been through so much. And now I, like, I care about people's feelings. And this is, this is starting to bother me, Sal. So, as a person that will focus on mental health, listening to me right now, so I can try to bring this all together, what would you say? Like, is this something where you think I need to continue to seek therapy so I can get a better understanding of who I am? Like, I know you're not a professional, but I am curious in your input as someone that has been studying this. I mean, of course you should be in therapy. <laughs> uh, of course you should be in therapy. Um, so the yeah, the the description that you 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 you're describing, you know that that state that you're in where you're, and, and in your case, you're not necessarily saying this, but a lot of times what happens is people start to grow, and the people that they're around that they used to do, um, I say they did things with on a consistent basis five years ago, and they might be growing 
they might be outgrowing that group, that group of people, that group of friends, that relationship. And, you know, they kind of had a cross like, well, I, I don't know what to do. I don't know if this is good because I'm kind of losing friends, but I'm also kind of see these, these positive, you know, this positive growth within myself, you know, yeah, you, you got to worry about you, man. Put your mask on first. Like, so yes, you, you continue to go to therapy, you continue to grow and embrace the person that you're becoming. Like that's, this is not fair. happening. You know, this is not happening is happening on purpose. You've made decisions You've made choices that put you in a position that allowed you to grow in a way that honestly, most most of us, most people, most black men don't find themselves in. You know, you have a doctorate degree like that. That's going to put you in a position. Your experiences are different than the vast majority of people, period. And definitely people who share your experience on for the most part. So I say you embrace it continue to learn yourself. You, you know what you go through on a day-to-day basis and continue to go to therapy, embrace who you are and leave the past in the past. Well, I I definitely, I definitely appreciate that. And I want to be transparent with you, Sal Davis. And I'm going to start talking about things that I probably never have talking, spoken about with other people. So I'm glad that you're drinking right now because I don't know what I'm going to say either. So fuck it. Let's do it. Let's fucking do it. Um, To be perfectly honest and be perfectly transparent, as you know, I'm retired. I do not date. I have no desire to date. I am... Don't, don't laugh at me, but I do live a Tim Tebow lifestyle before he got married. Oh, God. Um, and what I've also learned is that many of my friends, you know, to your point, such as yourself, Sal, you know, you went and you started a family, right? And a lot of our friends in our circle have started a family while mm-hmm. I am the only single guy who's not dating. So I do feel that I've lost, you know, I'm not in touch with you guys as much as I were back in our younger days, of course, because mm-hmm. priorities change, right? You guys are focusing on your families, you know, your, your careers and so forth. Um, and that has me, you know, really questioning, like, you know, what's going to happen five years from now, right? When you're, when your kids are teenagers, well, some of us already have, you know, teenage teenagers, even young adults. Um, but you know, most of our friends for the most part, we'll have, you know, teenagers and then yeah. that's a whole different animal. Right. So like five, six years, like I'm legitimately nervous that I'm probably not going to be able to relate to you guys anymore. Like if I go and say, Hey, you know, I want to just go grab a drink. Well, you know what? You're changing diapers or you're, you're getting your, your children ready for the prom. Right. It's a, just a whole different atmosphere. It's a different world. Yeah. yeah. And that, that, I don't want to say that concerns me because, you know, I'm comfortable in my skin and I enjoy being alone, but excuse me, I'll edit that out because I burped, but, um, you know, that, that really has me thinking lately. It's like, I'm, I feel at times that I'm definitely separating, I'm separating from you guys and I'm not sure what to do, right? Like, do I just say, Hey, fuck it. Let me get back to dating again and, you know, have go get a girlfriend and so I can just bring her around you guys and say, Hey, look guys, I'm doing a dating thing as well. Now we can do like couple stuff and shit, but will that truly make me happy? And this is the things that I've been kind of struggling with Sal. 
So I just wanted your interpretation. Like, am I just going crazy right now? Which is definitely possible. So I, I, I always, as you probably know, like to um, preface everything with, um, I know that for t- sakes of time, I would ask a bunch more questions before I actually respond. But yeah. for, for, the, for the purposes of time, um, it's, it's interesting that you describe it that way because you're, you're going through the opposite of what we go through as married men. Okay. Can you elaborate? Right? So when you get married, so, or, or you're in a serious relationship, like for me, you know, I moved, like I, I moved to a whole different state. So it was in a serious relationship. So at that point in time, you know, my priorities changed and I also got custody of my daughter at that time. So obviously with my daughter being my priority, you know, and relationship being priority, I couldn't prioritize my friends anymore. So I was away from all of my friends. You know, I wasn't in Jersey anymore. So there was no easy shot to the city to go out and and drink, you know, (laughs) a a large amounts of liquor like we were in college still. Um, I couldn't couldn't do it anymore. I was not not in a geographical position to do it anymore, nor um, did my position as a father or as a boyfriend at the time allow me to do the same. And then as I got more serious with my wife and we, you know, got engaged, got married, my priority is her and my children, you know, the family. So where do my friends lie in that? So my friends, my friends take a back seat to all of that. And that's a drastic change for people like us who, you know, from, you know, I've always had a large group of friends and a lot of that stemmed from football and other and, and playing sports in general, similar to you. And that extended through college where we were a crew, we were tight. We were together all the time. And even after college where it was even worse because we people was making some money now. So we can, you know, really get together and do, you know, do some of the things that we couldn't do in college. And yep. now I'm at this point where I can't do that. I can do it, but I can't do it freely anymore. I can't just up and go. I have to make sure that my daughter is straight first and foremost. I got to make sure that, you know, that my wife understands, you know, okay, cool. Like I'm about to go. This is everything has to be planned, you know? And with that comes, you know, times when you just can't spend time with your homeboys like that. So us as married men, us as men with children that prioritize our children and our relationship with our children, we go through that as well because we see, I mean, think about it. I got you. I got Mitch. Uh-huh. And then I have my brother. Uh-huh. Single. That's my guys. Single. No kids. All three. Gang gang. <laughs> Right. Gang, gang. So, so these are like y'all three, the closest people to me are single with no kids. So where do I, you know, how do I continue to build, you know, the relationship, do the things that we love to bug out and, and, and cut up and, you know, while out act like, you know, do, do, do man shit together. How do I continue to do that while prioritizing? Like, you know what I'm saying? So we go through that too. So it's interesting that you mentioned that. 
as far as like being a single person and seeing all of his friends get married and have kids and have families and prioritize those things because we we go through that process as well to um in the process of becoming you know family men in that sense so what i i mean what i would say is just understand that the all your friends like y'all still friends y'all still cool y'all still hang out of course they've been through that already they've all been already been through a similar transition themselves so it should put you at ease that you know you definitely you still be friends and kick it like you kick it because y'all already think about i mean so red red's oldest kid is she just over 10 yep like red worm ralph very minimal now you got db like people got kids been having kids for a while yeah in the friendship now you haven't been able to spend as much time with them especially those of us that moved away from the tri-state area but that relationship is still tight mm-hmm. so i wouldn't worry about it in that sense but i do think it's something worth exploring because um it, it's it's a transition it definitely is a transition that we deal with that um you know as men you know we don't talk about our transitions and our struggles with shit. So I I think it's something that is definitely, um, that is definitely worth bringing up in therapy because even though it might not seem like something that is, um, is a big deal going to therapy, helped me understand that you need to address the shit. That's a big deal to you. Like it might not seem like the biggest thing in the world to the rest, to everybody else. You might bring it up to your people or on social media and people be like, that ain't that deep. However, if it affects you in the sense where, you know, it's going to affect your, your judgment, it's going to affect how you process every day, your relationships, you need to address that shit in therapy to make sure that you have some type of way of process to, to move past it, understand it, and, and grow within those, uh, those uh, transitions in, in order to make all these things a, a you know, a, a positive part of your life as opposed to looking at all the negatives that might come with it and drag you down. Yeah, and and I'm I'm glad that you mentioned that because, of course, you, and again, you know, for my audience that knows me through the podcast, and for those that know me in real life, my mind starts going everywhere, right? So, so the first thing I I you know I always want to just commend you, your wife, your family, and of course those in our circles and, and their families because that's a that's an amazing thing. Everyone doesn't have that, right? Everyone doesn't have a really sound, I hate to even say it, just a sound family, a sound relationship, mm. right? And I can honestly vouch for for you and, and for the people in our circle that you guys, like you guys found amazing significant others. And I know everyone goes through their own trials and tribulations so they not act like mm-hmm. everything is perfect. But, mm-hmm. you know, you guys work through it together. And that was, that's a lot of, you know, that's a lot of things that people don't do anymore. They don't work through their problems. It's fuck it. I'm leaving. Fuck you. I hate you. Blah, blah, blah. Right. So, yeah. like for me now, you know, now I'm older. It's like, I honestly, you know, most of my 20s, I felt like I just attracted toxic people, toxic women. And, you know, that was always a struggle for me because. I'm not going to let me let me let me preface this by saying that I'm sure or I know that I've done my own share of bullshit that has, you know, added to the toxicity. I'm sure you have. Thank, thank, thank you for that, <laughs> uh, which is probably part, part of the edge that I need to get back. But um, like for the, for the most part, though, I, I always find or I always find a way to attract people that have these insecurities where they feel that, you know, I can add or you know, some type of value to their life. But for me, 
you know, I'd never felt complete with them or even, you know, just in terms of trying to talk to them or trying to date them. And as you get older, I think you get less and less patience. So that's one of the things that I realized, you know, in my retirement is just I don't really have the patience anymore to see what's truly out there. And I'm sure that there's a lot of great women, don't get me wrong. Um, so that that's kind of like my challenge as well now. So I was like, okay, like now what, you know, theoretically, you know, again, to your point, I can, I can get up, you know, call my friends, see how they're doing. It's never going to be the same, but you know, just with us and, and with most circles, you know, once you talk to someone, you, you hit them up. It's like, you never fucking, it's like, you've seen them yesterday, right? You like, you never mm-hmm. skip a beat. Cause you know, those mm-hmm. are your people. Um, but you know, to your point, it, it's, it's a different relationship, right? And let's say I do want to talk to you, Sal, but you know what? You're doing something with your family, right? Maybe there's a special event in, in your daughter's life yeah. or, 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 you know, you can't be available, but you know what? I need to talk, right? And, and, and that's the one of the things that I'm starting to see now is like, you know, okay, my guys have their own lives. I don't want to disturb them. I know I could if I really needed to, God forbid, but I need to really focus on myself. And that's what I've kind of been doing. And I think my audience has kind of been seeing, I've been trying to focus more on, you know, my own self-love journey, my own journey in life in general. So how I can become a better person and then theoretically, the way that it should work is if I decide to put myself back out there, then I would be emotionally available because I am much, I'm in a better state of mind. Does that make any type of sense right now? I mean, yes, it makes sense. It's you, you know, processing. So yeah, I think it makes sense. I think you're on to it. Um, I think that you want to you know, realize what it is that you want. Like, I think that you, uh, I mean, I commend you on being able to be, you know, what you call retired. Um, I think that if I was a single person, I would need that, right? Just because of being in a relationship for so long. Yeah. Um, you know, you I need hope. that space to completely be by yourself. And I, I commend you for that. I but, also don't like people there's that. Well, you do, but... Um. I'm torn. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm torn on people right now because to your point, Sal, I'm not going to lie. I've been meeting a lot of people in general and I they're wonderful people. Like, they're honestly really good people. They're people that I, I don't mind talking to. Yeah. But then there's also probably 70, 80,000 more people that I meet where I'm like, you're a fucking idiot. You're saying some of the dumbest shit ever. Like you think you're important where you're not. I can buy and sell your ass. So fuck you. Um, Again, that's just me trying to get my edge back. Um, But I really believe these things, right? You know, they're talking and they're saying all this bullshit. I've done blah, blah, blah. I do blah, 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 blah. And in my head, I'm like, you know what? Fuck you, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. Right? So that that's where I'm at in life. It's like you're over here laughing at me, Sal. I'm just I'm just being honest, man. Like, I'm sorry, bro. That's how I feel. You know? What you want me to do? Huh? I I, I mean, all right, so. I'm gonna need you to stop so, laughing at me also. <laughs> so hold on. 
I will hold. I will hold just for you, Sal Davis. I think I you just. Hold. I think you just need to give people more grace. Okay, like, you know that's that's the second time I heard that today. So, so that means that, that. What does that, that mean? That just mean so it's it's or 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 like a form of patience, right? Like understanding. Um, there's a quote from Malcolm X that says, um, you know, I'm paraphrasing. You know, okay. be careful what you say about you know people because there's a there was a time when you didn't you didn't know what you know today and you haven't you know experienced the things that you've experienced up to this point so basically telling you like the way that you look at people and 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 take a snapshot of who this person is because of how they presented themselves there was a time in your life or even could have been a snapshot of your current life where somebody could judge you in the same way right but give that person grace. That person's a whole person, right? And they're not, you know, everybody's constantly evolving. So yeah, there might be a whole bunch of people that once you cross their path, that 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 moment might not be their best moment, but that shouldn't make it so that you don't want to be around that person ever again, per se. Give them a little bit of grace. Because you got to understand that person's a full person with a whole life and, a, and all types of stuff they've been through and all the type of stuff they're working towards. They, you just happen to catch them at that moment, at that snapshot, at this time of their life or whatever the case may be. Give them a little bit of grace, get to know people, and then you know see how you really feel. But you can't really write people off if you don't know who they are. But it's just so easy. It's so easy to write people off. And it's, it's something I'm really good at. Yeah, and the things that are easy in life aren't worth having. So then why 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 do things have to be so difficult, Sal? Because you want to make things that are difficult are the things that are actually worth it. You know what? This this brings up something interesting, right? Because you apparently are a very positive person. You're a person that sometimes. Well, for, for the most part, I, I let me be very clear when I say this. I think the most positive people that I know anyway, they have their days as well. And I think everyone in general has their days as well. But for the most part, you know, it, 95% of the time, they're positive. They're trying to inspire. They're trying to motivate. So with you in particular, Sal, which has me just curious who has influenced you throughout, you know, your personal life journey to get you kind of having this mentality? Because I'm sure this is not something that you just woke up with. I'm sure there had to be some sort of experience, some sort of influential individuals in your life. That that you're asking who kind of and that helped inspire you to have me this to be who to you be are positive. Well, in general, who has helped you to this mentality of yours? Who has aspired you in your life? Oh, that's a long list. <laughs> well, once once um, you take once you take me off the list, continue. Once I take JB off the list, um, <laughs> oh man, I, I, my mother, of course, facts queen. Um, the, I, uh, I mean, my mother is so. The reason why I say my mother specifically in my situation is not like the generic, my mom, like that's not the generic look like when, and you can, you'll read it in the book. It's when I had 
you know, when we found out that it was possible that I was going to be a father when I was 13, because of course, um, another great point, another great feature that my, my mom was not going to just accept that somebody said that the baby was mine. She's like, no, we're going to get a test. Like, um, she was adamant about that as well, but she not mad at that she, at all, but she, well, she, I was, I was like floored, like just bawling, falling apart. And, you know, my life is over. And she looked at me and she said, um, she said, everything's, we got, stay to the plan. You're still going to school uh, because you can't be a dummy your damn self. Uh, you can't raise a kid if you're a dummy your damn self. That's that's the exact words. And it's not, that part is not a paraphrase. That's exactly what she said. So that, what she said that, and then her actually carrying it out, like her actions, bringing, making sure that I had a positive outlook on my situation and that she brought a sense of normalcy to my life, even though that I was, that my life was a very abnormal at the time. It allowed me to believe that these positive outlooks, like, you know, like it changed the way that I thought, you know, I like, how could I not have a positive outlook when I had a kid at 13 and I got scholarship money to play football in college and I was able to take it. You know, how could I not be positive when I had a kid at 13 and I got a college degree? How could I not be positive when I had a kid at 13 and I was able to get custody of my child? How could I not be positive when I had a kid at 13 and my child graduated, you know, high school, all types of honors and everything. And now as a college graduate working in, you know, so I think it's just the, the, like my mom in particular, but her allowed me to believe that all of this was possible from the beginning, that was a huge, I mean, so you talk about positive, you know, influences, she has to be number one because of that reason, not all the other things that she's done for me, obviously, but, and not the generic, my mom is, you know, super mom, nah, like that in particular is why I would say she's one of the more positive, um, the positive influence in my life. Um, I would also highlight specifically two men that were huge influences in my life growing up as well. And um, these influences are coming, speaking of it from a younger age. Now, this is all obviously because at that young age, what I was going through was tough and that if you were a positive influence on me, you had a larger impression, you know, for the most part, right. Than any other time in my life. Right. So my high high school, junior high principal, just happened to run the track program in my mm. town. And okay. he was like the coach of the, the midgets prop one football team is one of the coaches as well. So he saw me like, he's known me since I was, since I started running track when I was eight or nine, nine was Spo- something like spo- that. Spoiler alert. Sal is actually pretty fast. Maybe <laughs> right? not, so I, not anymore, but the, in, definitely in not anymore. Definitely <laughs> not anymore. Um, <laughs> but, um, so he met, he's known me since I was nine, you know, and I was pretty successful in youth track. So we got close. And then I have a child when I'm in 13 years old under his, like I'm in his school that he's the principal of. Yeah. Right. And he's my football coach at the time and track, like these intersections, but he never, he was one of the authority figures that never looked down on me, never, you know, changed his tune and supported me through the process 
And to this day, we're still, we, I still talk to him to this day, That's you know? Great. And yeah, like amazing. I mean, even from my, my hometown, he is a huge figure there. Like he needs a street name after him. He's that important. Um, so shout out to Mr. Wade. Thank you for everything. Salute to you. And I need a street name. <laughs> that, I'm dead yeah, you, you strip it. And then the other um, individual was my high school track coach who um, he he took a special liking to me and, and to all of us, honestly. I mean, we all had a pretty good relationship with him, but he took that special liking to us because he really like cared about he cared about our lives in a way that other coaches did. He talked to me. So when I was in high school, nobody talked to me about the fact that I had a kid, especially the people. None of my football coaches sat me down. Nobody asked me how I was doing. Nobody asked me if, you know, how the situation was, if I needed anything. Nobody except for him. So he, yeah, he not only coached me, but he cared about who I was. And he fought like if it was up to him, I'd have been long jumping for Seton Hall. Like that's what he wanted from me (laughs) because. He he saw that I had other talents, but he also saw that football ain't necessarily treat us well. And you've you've experienced that in in, in college and all of that too. But no comment. Um, <laughs> That's why I went to therapy. But so you know, salute, football. salute to you, salute to you, yeah. Stony Brook, for making me go to to. There you, you go. Here you go. But yeah, he, I'm, he, I'm gonna tag him as well. Fucking my life up. But please continue. But, but yeah, Coach Hilleman, um saw you know certain things in me. And again, another man from that time frame that I still speak to today because of the, the impact he had on me and the amount of care he showed me when nobody was really showing me that type of care that wasn't like my close knit people. So I would, I would, for the sake of, you know, keeping it to a, a small list, smaller list of people, those three people in particular just helped me understand that it was just, you know, my, my mom and those like it's good people out there and it's good people that care. And, and if you care, they also show me what type of impact you can have on the lives of children and other folks, too. So that also pushed me to, you know, insert myself in the, the lives of children through coaching, you know, and, and speaking and things of that nature. And. First, let me just say that I'm so happy to hear that. I'm so happy to hear that you had positive influences in your life. And I think many of us are truly blessed, and I'll I'll talk about myself as well, that we had people in our lives that genuinely care. They cared about our well-being. And this is really before there was, we even had these conversations about mental health, right? Especially, especially, you know, back in in the, the 90s and the 2000s, you know, a lot of times it was just like, okay, you're hurt. Cool. Just throw some dirt on that shit. You'll be all right. You know how many times you say you'd be all right and shit, right? That was literally the thing. Um, but there's always those special people in, in our lives that really cared. You know, they just took a few minutes to say, hey, hey, Sal, you know what? You good? Is everything all right? You know, or same thing with, hey, JP, like what, what's going on, buddy? Like you doing all right there, buddy? And And I was. Right. And it was just those little conversations. And I think especially now with the pandemic and just everything that's going on in the world, we need to have more of those conversations. Right. I like I find myself talking to more people now, even despite the fact that I don't like people. I find myself talking to more people now just to see how they're doing. You know, even if it's just little shit, like, hey, are you wearing a belt today? 
right? When I when I'm talking to 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 women in their life, like, hey, did you run the belt? Did you run on the belt? Right? Like just little stupid shit. But you know what? Like I'm I know for a fact they can put a smile on their face because I just reached out to them just to say hello, right? That's my way of saying hello to people. And I, I think now, just especially, right, it's just so important to have these conversations. And that's why I'm really I'm so happy, Sal, that I, and honestly, I think me and you just in terms of the pandemic, I think we've been connecting more. We've been talking more often. Um, and, and really our, our lives are, are crossing paths together, you know, more than than ever before. Um, so I, I wanted to ask you, I, ha- I have really just two last questions. Um, I'll, I'll let you participate in the fan favorite segment of Ask Dr. Brown, um, where I'll ask, I'll give you the opportunity to ask me any question that you want. And then I'll use my celestial knowledge. But before we get there, my question for you, Sal, and this is something that I've been thinking about a lot lately, is number one, is legacy, your legacy, is that important to you? And what does that actually mean? Like, what do you want to leave this earth or the people, you know, when it's your time to go, what do you want people to remember you for? First question, of course, legacy is important to me. That was legacy had a lot to do with why I wrote the book. Um, I wanted to be, start to create things that would outlive me. Right. So after the book was published, it's published. It's there forever, forever, ever, ever, forever. ever. So ever, it's there. Ever. <laughs> It's there forever, right? So um, it will outlive me regardless of when it is that I'm gone. So um, that and, you know, a bunch of, and now that we have the technology to create things, um, obviously we already have, um, even though we choke around this, we have music that we can, you know, now have downloaded and, you know, we'll live forever. You know, the, we have the opportunity, go ahead. I know you was about to say something. It's still on YouTube. I mixed it. <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> but, you know, so okay, we have music okay. that tra, tra, okay, okay. But now, I please, don't know please. what the hell that had to do with anything. But ask <laughs> me a red, a, a reggaeton single. <laughs> but um, yeah, so so the speeches and uh, videos that you can be you know, make from, you know, the things that we're doing business wise and all of that, like these things are gonna be here forever. So, yes, legacy means something to me. The things that I've created and will create are because I want to create things that outlive me. I want my grandkids and my great grandkids and my great great grandkids to be able to. uh, I want to leave them things that are um, tangible to connect with me and also tangible things like wealth. So, yes, legacy is important to me because of those things that you can create that will live forever, but also to be able to, you know, break some general curses, create some wealth that we can pass down to the the future generations and they can, you know, those things are tangible um, as far as the wealth part, but also I want the tangible stuff to be able to feel like they can touch me in a sense where they can pick up a book with their great, great grandfather's face on it. They can pick up, they can watch a video that their great, great grandfather made like those things are extremely important to me uh, and mostly because we just don't have them. Like I don't have connection to the men in my family pat, like at all. 
and by mm-hmm. generations. I just don't. I don't have any. They didn't live long. My grandpa, my grandma, my maternal grandfather lived a while, but even then, like the relationship wasn't great enough for us to have these things, right? Um, and 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 it wasn't prioritized. So I'm prioritizing those things, creating things where you could touch me specifically, and creating things, tangible things like wealth that you can pass down to make their lives a little bit easier than than our lives have been. So absolutely, legacy is everything to me. And and I love that. And that that was that's something that I've been thinking about a lot lately, right? So I, I I'm working on well, spoiler alert. But yeah, I'm working on my LLC, right? So I'm going to have my business. I'm working on, you know, of course I have this podcast. I'm writing my book because honestly, you inspired me to write a book. And most importantly, I want to make sure I exclude you from the acknowledgement. And you can call that as petty (laughs) as you want, but fuck it. I'm still going to do it. But I do want you to know that the inspiration of me writing a book comes directly from you and from the great book, Life 101 Lessons from a 13-Year-Old Father. Because again, I think it was such an important message, you know, just in terms of, again, you know, just holding yourself accountable, you know, motivating yourself. And and again, to your point, you know, going back and forth between the narratives and, and, you know, just the lessons in general, it's, it's an amazing book. And I don't say that lightly. I actually own a copy. I own a copy despite the disrespect of not having my name and acknowledgement, but again, I still love you and I forgive you. Um, (laughs) But, you know, you know, and a lot of people just in general, and I could be wrong, you know, when they think legacy, they think they're kids. Right. And they think about passing on, you know, that information, their cultures, you know, to their kids. And that's something that I've been just thinking, like, OK, well, JB, you're you're at that age where you don't have kids. So then what are you going to do? Right. Like, I want a marble statue of myself riding a dragon and and, you know, with the sloth on my back because, you know, that's who I am. But it might not happen. I'm gonna try. Don't get me wrong. I'm, you know, right here in Brooklyn. I you, you should, I should make it. Go ahead and start um, sculpting. Listen, I'm just saying I should have my own statue with me riding a dragon with a sloth on it. But again, that's neither here or there. But so price, you know, price, price the marble. Thinking go do seriously, it. I'm gonna do it. But just thinking like seriously, you know, the legacy is so important to me, right? It's it's to your point, and I think uh, many of the people. I'm not saying many people, but people that listen to this, you know, they'll have an appreciation. Like I didn't come from much, right? I, I had I had two wonderful parents that did their very best. So just off of that, I was extremely fortunate. I know there's a lot of you know individuals growing up, they only had you know one family member or even no family members. I was extremely fortunate to have two. I had a wonderful father and I had a wonderful mother, and they did their best. You know, again, my, my mom was, was living in Brownsville, came out to, to a, a better area just because she wanted to raise me in a better area. Right. Didn't, again, we didn't have much money, but I never had to worry about, you know, clothes. I didn't have to worry about food. I might not have the greatest. I didn't have Jordans or any of that shit. I didn't have fucking iceberg or, or any of those fancy things iceberg. that the kids were wearing. <laughs> right. Um, the Snoopy on the jeans. I didn't have the coogee, right? Anything that I wanted, I had to work for it. But, you know, that's important to me, you know, just kind of going back to the legacy conversation is if I do have a family, 
you know, I want to be able to to provide for them. And I think, you know, thankfully I've been working to get to that point. And so as you Sal, right, that's really what's important to you. Um, and, but that, that's like one of the things that I've really been thinking about. Like, yo, Jay, like, okay, what if you don't have a family? What are you, like, what is, what are you leaving this earth? When you, when you leave the physical form, will anyone ever remember you? And that's something that I think many of us have low key and subconsciously been thinking about. And they've been working toward it. So that's, that's why I'm really like, I'm so appreciative of your answer. Um, and, and that was so, that's so important to me. And I'm really glad to hear Sal that, you know, you do have a plan and, you know, to your point, when, when you're known as the great, great grandfather, or the great, great grandfather, Sal Davis laid all the fucking blueprint for us. And now look at me, I'm this successful because of, you know, great, great, great grandfather, Sal. And the fact that they remember who great, great, great grandfather Sal is, like, that's a phenomenal thing. I'll keep it a being. I don't know who my great, great grandfather is, right? I don't, I have no idea. And a lot of it has to do with, because I don't have the best relationship with my family. And the other fact is that they ain't do shit. I'm going to call a spade a spade. It's going to sound fucked up, but I call it the way I see it. So I know that this generation that I'm living in I'm the one that has to set that bar. So I ensure that the family members that are around me, that's the reason why I went to get my doctorate so they can have an example that says, you know what? I can do this shit too. So my niece and my nephew, they graduated school. Now, you know, they're going to get their master's. They said, okay, well, JB did it. It's not that hard. Shit, I bust my ass for that. But, you know, I just made it the point to make it look so easy. So now that anxiety that they might have had is gone for them. And that's my way of helping that our legacy of my family, right? So now my niece and my nephew, as they go and, and they have their family, now a master's is the standard, right? That's that's what we do, right? It's not, I'm the first to get my, my, my degree. I'm the first to get a master's. I'm the first to get a doctor. Like, that's the norm. And, and that's what I want for my family. And to your point, you know, you're building businesses outside of, you know, just getting a degree. Right. You're building a foundation. You're bringing that generation of wealth. You're you know, so now, you know, you're I have a home. I can pass my home to my family. Right. Like that's different. That's something that we've never had before. And that's why I'm just so genuine. I'm so happy to hear, Sal, you know, everything that you said, like that genuinely warms my heart and also made me realize that, you know what, I'm not going to get my edge back. Because I'm starting to realize that I just care about people more than I really want to let on. Like, I care about you and my family and my friends, even though I say that I don't. So I think that's the realization that has occurred in this episode. I don't think I can no longer say this. No, like, listen, man, is all, all of this stuff is important. And, and it, it, please keep, you can still be edgy, bro. Because like sometimes, you know, we need... We need people to be to keep it funky. We need we need people that's gonna keep it funky so we can get a lot of these people about the paint that ain't about you know the things that that we need to be about to push the culture forward. So um you can still be ha- keep your edge and and still have empathy and still grow and still care about especially your people, but care about people in general. And I mean, even I mean, even back to you know, us both expressing that we don't have those like um those relationships or understanding of who are the the people that came before us were um 
we can figure that out. So I know that's doing some of their work for them. But remember, too, similar to like you said with your mom and dad, a lot of people before us did what they could. And because of the position that people that our people have been because are have been in because of the oppression that we've faced. I'm not mad at, you know, the previous generations necessarily for whatever they went through, but their survival allowed us to be here to be able to even mention generational wealth and their survival is important. You know? So I think that a lot of times our generation looks at past generation survival as if they were soft and they just let stuff happen. No, that them surviving at those times that we didn't live like that. We didn't live in the same environment. You know, it's, it's crazy out here today. Yes. But it was not the same environment that our great, great grandparents, it was different. So their survival allowed us to be here. So I think it's important for us to recognize that. And which means that, yeah, we might have to do a little bit more work to understand where we come from specifically and who we come from. But um, it's still, you know, work that's worth it because I don't want just my my kids and my great grandkids to know who I was, I want them to know all the way back as far as possible as well, so that they understand where they came from and who they came from. So I, I would um, encourage you to, you know, uh, do, you know, try to look back as well and, and and figure some of these things out because those things I think add context and depth and layers to who we are. And sometimes for a lot of people that I've seen, it gives them a much better understanding of self, which is extremely extremely important. And when you go through and and certain things in therapy as well, I'm not sure what type of therapist you saw, but that part, that going back and knowing who these people are and knowing what they've been through, that gives you so much context and understanding of some of the things that you've been through and why you act the way you do, why, why you, why you handle certain things the way that you, you do, why your parents handle certain things. So those, those, that context is extremely important. So I think we need, do need to go back and do some work, but also do our own work so that our kids don't have to go back. Again, that's another thing, another gift that we can give them is that they don't have to go back. We've already laid it out for them. So our kids, grandkids, great grandkids, we laid it out for them so that they don't have to go back like we had to go back because we have more at our disposal than our ancestors had. That's 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 interesting. I I, I have never truly considered that. That's something that I may consider. I don't know yet. Depends how I feel. Um. I really got to think about that. So that's, that's a fair point. So Sal, I wanted to give you an opportunity. Is there anything that you wanted to bring up before I give you the opportunity to ask me any question that your heart desires while I tap into the knowledge of the celestial world? So Sal, anything that you want to bring up before we get to the Ask Dr. JB segment? Nah, man. I think I think we I think we spoke in depth about a lot of different things, man. I just um, I appreciate you for even bringing me on, giving me a platform to talk my shit. I like to talk, obviously, and <laughs> you know, give me a platform to talk my shit. Give me a platform to, to to help people understand where I'm coming from, my story. Hopefully, somebody is motivated or inspired in some way. But yeah, nah. I think I think the time was great, and let's get into the shits. Yeah, I mean, the fact that you were literally fucking at 13 while I was literally a virgin throughout my entire high school world is just, again, phenomenal. Whole um, another conversation. Whole, whole another <laughs> conversation. So, Sal, 
The last segment is a fan favorite. This is what the people have been asking from South Africa, from Italy, oh from from Rome, <laughs> which is big, from mm-hmm. Europe, all over the world. They've 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 loved the Axe JB segment because they think my guests are amazing. So Sal Davis, no pressure. But what is the one question that you want to ask Dr. Brown? And he will answer for you. What would it take to get Dr. Brown out of retirement? I hate the fact that all my guests are asking <laughs> these fucking questions. But I will I will answer truthfully. Okay. Nah, uh, you got nah, hold on, hold on, hold on. Nah, you gotta be real. Don't be giving me all of these random um uh, some act of celestial, you know, greatness and into ingenuity. I don't want to hear all that. Like I, I okay. give I, a I real give answer. You, I don't want to talk. Nah, nah, nah. Like I I'm saying, give, no, look at no, look at me. Look at me. Look I'm at looking me. at you. Look, look at, at me. me. I am real. the captain. I am the captain. Look at me. Look at me. Look um, at me. Real answer only. Don't be all here with the bull. Like, what's, you're my, what's, what's gonna you're my brother. You're my brother. You're not gonna get a real answer. Okay. What's it gonna take? So, so this is this is a difficult question. This is a, a, a multi-layered question. Um, while some people may think it's simple, it's it's really not. So I've been honestly toying with the idea of coming out of retirement. I've been, I've been thinking about the pros. I've been thinking about the cons. I've been going back and forth, right? Because we've kind of been on chatty house in general, for example, right? That lets me know that there is solid individuals out there. However, it also lets me know that there's a lot of people that ain't shit out there as well. That's okay. So, it would take somebody to generally, genuinely pique my interest. And right now, I don't know what that looks like. I don't know what that person is. I was just about to ask what that looks like. So I'm, I know. <laughs> see, I had, I had to cut you off because I see where you're I see. I, I know how you operate. I know where the mind goes. Because you can, you know, and, and we was having this conversation a little bit, not on the pod, but I was talking with a, a lot of, of, of lovely ladies in, in a room that I was hosting. And we were kind of just talking about, you know, what are you looking for in a person? And what women are looking for in a guy is a, is a substantially longer list than what a man is looking for in a woman. I just, don't generalize. I had a long list. Well, and this is why you're married. You're happily married. And while the rest of us, <laughs> like myself, is dealing with fucking toxic people. Um, but I think, I think like if I can make a really short list for me, what I think I would be interested in, and that's the challenge, right? Because, you know, you think, you know what you want and you date a lot of people that have these attributes, but it doesn't fucking work. So maybe what you really want is what is not what you really need. If that makes sense. No, that makes sense. So that's something else I've been kind of just battling with my mind. So you need to figure out what you need and not have a, you need a list of what you need and not a list of what you want is what you're saying. Yeah. I, so like, for example, like what I want, right. I want to be physically attracted to the other person and you know, <laughs> me with the JB scale, that is not the easiest thing in the world. Very true. You know, I want, I would like a young lady to be intelligent. 
where I can have an actual conversation with them. And we're not talking about some stupid shit like, I don't know, some fucking TikTok fucking video. Right. Must intelligence. Facts. Yes. Next. You know, you you like you you want someone to be witty. You know, Sal, you know what I heard? A few people have said that I'm sarcastic. Like I don't see it personally. Shut up. Shut up. A few people have said that. Yeah, I'm surprised as well, Sal. I'm surprised as well. Um fuck you. You know, (laughs) I I I will of course I think you always will like someone that has money, you know, just to be fucking to be honest. But I think as long as they're financially stable and they can take care of themselves, that's what I would care about. So yeah. they don't have to be making buku bucks, but you know, they should at least be able to afford, you know, whatever lifestyle that they're comfortable with. And, you know, again, to make it really short, I, I don't want someone that's complacent. I want someone that is actively trying to do better. And again, I, you know, do better is, is subjective. You know, like if you're at a job, you know, you're trying to, move up the, the corporate ladder. You're just trying to go to a different role, right? You know, if if you maybe want to go back to school, like I, I just don't want someone to stay complacent in whatever, you know, whatever they're at in life. And, you know, I think, you know, it's good to have a hobby. It's good to, you know, maybe start a side business. It's not for everybody. Don't get me wrong. Like I'm not fucking naive, but, you know, you don't want someone that just goes through the motions of life. Like, life is precious. I think that's another thing that I've learned in general. Like, life is so fucking precious. And, you know, we take getting up the next day at, for fucking granted. Talk that shit. And I'm not going to get into to my sloth bag, my philosophical bag, the, the the path of the sloth, as my book will be known. Um, oh Ain't nobody going to buy that shit. Everyone gonna buy that shit. Don't do that to me. The path of the sloth. That's gonna be the title. Yes. Are you, or, or, you think gonna see the path of the sloth and gonna be attracted to it? Yes. Okay, got you. That's that's the reason why I have a podcast, buddy. I'm gonna then build an audience. Path of the sloth. No, I'm going to make. You know what? We're not gonna do this. You're not going to disrespect my dreams, right? When I'm in my my motivational my philosophical bag. Bad. Okay. Um, but again, you know, you would like to have this individual going back to your question to have <laughs> these attributes, right? I want someone that believes in my bullshit. How about that? I want someone that to be- believe. Hold on. Somebody my believes bullshit. in your bullshit? Yes. It's, what does so, that mean? I would, I would elaborate for you, Sal Davis, since we want to be honest. Okay. We want to be truthful. If I want to write a book about the path of the sloth, I want someone to believe in that fucking book title, okay? I appreciate their pause, their their feedback, their constructive criticism. But you know what? what? The constructive criticism was that the, the title's trash. Fuck you, <laughs> fuck you, disrespectful <laughs> son of a gun. All right, you're lucky. I love you. Damn it. Hey. <laughs> but you know what? That's it. That's all I got. So that is the reason. Or that's what it would take for me to come out of retirement, theoretically. Does that answer your question? Yeah, but I think that I, I think that your, your issue is not that you. I think your your issue is more that you don't want to take the time for it right now, as opposed to that the, the women that embody what you want aren't not being available. Like They're not so available. You just keep it funky and say I just I don't feel like taking the time to do it. All right. Like, is that what you're saying? That's not what I'm saying. I would, I just, 
fuck you, Sal, with these fucking just, questions. Because that's what it sounds like to me. It's like, okay, you the the woman that you want, like let's be let's keep it funky, right? The I'm hardest manifested. Part, the hardest part is gonna be finding somebody that meets your damn attractive scale. Is that really the hardest part? Am yeah. I that am I that picky? Yeah. So fuck. You take all I'm saying is that day out here. I really out. thought I, well, I mean, I've 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 said this before in the pod, but I really thought I was going to get Christine Milian. Oh, come on, man! We, why are we? What? How old are right. we, man? I'm just being honest. I mean, that was <laughs> that in my head. That's what I thought I was going to get. I thought that's what I was going to be with. There's a few people that you know when I really kind of sit back and think about that. I really thought I had a legitimate chance with. Some we went to Stony Brook with. And it just never, it never came to fruition. It ne- did it never come to fruition like you tried and it never came to fruition or like you never tried? I'll tell a quick story because, you know, who knows, one day, <laughs> one, one, one day, you know, fuck around, she listens to this shit and say, like, oh, shit. Um, yo, so I'll, I'll, I'll just say the name because I don't name? I don't give a fuck. I'm just going to say okay. the first name. Okay. Yo, do you remember... A woman named Destiny. She no. worked. She worked in the union. The the the, the deli. No, not the deli. She and she lived. She lived in um. Yes. Red knows her. I know her. Cause cause, matter of fact, my senior year, you used to always see me with her. So I probably remember my face. I don't okay. remember. That, that's probably an offline conversation, but that's enough okay. information that I'm going to yeah. give the, the audience. So back when I was in my JB bag, right, it was like it was like Valentine's Day, and I, I was an RA. So what I did yeah. is I... Was you my RA? <laughs> fuck you. Fuck you, you was my RA, wasn't you? <laughs> Anywho, so I was, I was in my... my, my uh, I was in my bag. I'm not going to lie. I was in my bag. I had a little, a little game back then. So it was Valentine's Day, right? And what our RAs were doing, it was having people come into the lounge and create Valentine's Day cards. So I said, fuck it. I don't know this girl. I'm going to create a Valentine's Day card. I'm going to have one of the RAs go give it to her because she lived in another building, mm-hmm. Right. So I did it. I created a little, little stupid ass heart, looked mad ugly and shit. And I said, hey, it's JB. Right? That was it. Thinking. Yo, why you ain't telling this? <laughs> yo, thinking that meant something, right? Why, why didn't I know this until now? Because I, I don't know. I feel like I told you this. But um, so so she gave it, she gave it. So so one of the RAs gave it to the to this girl. And then she, you know, she used to call it, she called the dorm. Oh, thank you for the card. I really appreciate it. I was like, yeah, you know, you know, I have I had my eye on you for a little while. And you know, I just wanted to introduce myself. You know, <laughs> because you know, college JB was a different animal, right? Oh, so, he was whack as hell. Should work though. <laughs> so 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 we went to um yo what was what was the spot what was the spot in in um the union the bridge the, oh um it was the it called fancy, was it yeah it was, it was the fancy shit 
Right? Yeah, where, where they had like steak and shit. That was the day spot. <laughs> that was the day spot. So I was like, yeah, you know, yo, I, I, I want to take you. I want to take you, yo, to EOB, you know, EOB. Sidebar, yo. We used to catch mad people trying to <laughs> creep on their dates up there. <laughs> yo, we used to, yo, not for nothing. There was a lot of creeping that occurred. I, oh, I remember a few times, God. a few times, because, you know, so, so the thing for my audience, right, this was a college and the shit that like, where you ate there, it was, it was so much more expensive. It was like, yeah. you know, like $16 meals instead of like yeah. your normal 10, right? Yeah. So you only could go there when you yeah. had meal points. You might've been able to get you a New York strip steak or some shit like that up Facts. there. Facts. <laughs> so I was like, yeah. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm like, yeah, you know, I, I want to take you out to eat. Right. So of course, you know, I take her, we have a good time. Um, and then she tells me she has a boyfriend. I'm like, fuck. And then, you know, and, and usual JB, I'm like, okay, well, what does your boyfriend got to do with me? Cause he's not on campus. <laughs> right. So your man on campus, but it's fine by me bars. So I'll, I'll, I'll speed this up a little. So we were in my dorm and we actually became really good friends. She was like, really, you know, just down to her person beautiful, intelligent, chopping it up. So she came to my, my dorm and we was, this was just watching a movie, like r- real plutonic shit, plutonic. Um, and then I, I took on my calendar and I, and this is the arrogance that I was back in my younger days. I, I put a date out there and I said, listen, two weeks from now, you're going to break up with your man. And she's like, what? What are you talking about? I was like, listen, you're spending way too much time with me not to fall for me. You was wilding. You bro, I was so fucking wilding. So I was like, listen. And then and then I, I wrote the date and it was like two and, and he was a hater. What happened? And you was a hater. Yeah, I was. Well, is it hating when you're just I was on yeah, I was on hating. my hating. I was on yes. I was on I was on my Alicia Key shit. Yes, it's hating. That's I was on my Alicia Key shit. Yes, that's hating. You What's should up? never mention the, another man. No. I did it. No. I did it. I was on my Alicia Key shit. You did, you did. That's hey. You told her she gonna break up with her. Like, why is she I was being honest? Out your mouth. I was being truthful. Okay. <laughs> so, so anywho, I, I gave her. I, I gave her two weeks. And I said, listen, if you keep hanging out with me every single day, you're going to break up with him because you're going to want me. Just like that. Fast forward ten days. Ten days, Sal Davis, from the date that I that I put on the calendar. They broke up. Nah. They broke up on everything. They broke up. And then, and on, that, and then that on the 11th day, she said, fuck you. I can never talk to you again. Oh, what? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She said, because I kept thinking about it for those 10 days. And that shit put it in the back of my mind that we were going to break up. So we had a little, like a little argument and we broke up because of that argument and it was all because of you. Oh my God. So when I heard that they broke up, I was fucking ecstatic. I said, okay, I am in there like swimwear, man. She cursed me out and I never spoke to her again. Like, I don't know how she's doing. No, really? Like you really never spoke to her again? Yeah. Yo, she, she was pissed. She (laughs) was pissed and we never spoke again, bro. I thought I thought I told you that story. No, no. <laughs> Yo, that's funny. You thought you was getting it. You thought wow. you was gonna smash. I was, I was putting in so much work with her. 
And that was this, was, in, this was this was when we was in the base the C zero. No, this is when I moved to the third floor. So this is when I this was my spring year, my spring senior year. When gotcha. I was doing when I was doing SPU on cut. Got you, got you, got you, got you. Yeah. So shout out to SPU on cut. Shout out to to Destiny wherever you are. I hope your life is amazing and blessing. And <laughs> we could have been married with a couple of kids or some shit. I don't know. <laughs> but Sal, I fucking love you. You know that. I appreciate you. Any last love words you, you want to give to our audience? Nah, man. Listen, man. Just uh, if you want to uh, follow me on all social platforms, Saladin Davis, S-A-L-A-D-I-N Davis, all together. Just search me, follow me. Uh, you want a, co- a copy of Life 101, uh, go to Amazon and you can get your normal generic Amazon copy like you do in the other book. You want an autograph copy, DM me. Um, we'll make sure that we get it arranged and I get your autograph, a personalized autograph copy sent to you in the mail. That is about it. Um, again, just, but just follow me because there's a lot of things that I'm working on right now. Um, oh, and if you follow me tomorrow night, I'm on, uh, I got an IG live special coming on at eight o'clock as well so um yeah follow me yeah so by the time this comes out you'll miss the ig special but you oh, know what dang. it'll, it'll probably right. be it'll probably be on his page so again i will put all your contact information as part of the show notes because the people need to follow you i know that me and you are going to have some collabs in the future which are going to be exciting i know there's some people that we're connecting with that we're all going to be involved with it's going to be really exciting there's nice. going to be a lot of great conversations on mental health a lot nice. of just great conversations on being a mental health professional great conversations just assholes just chopping it up so it's gonna be great again thank you all for tuning in to another episode of jb versus everybody i hope you enjoyed the show peace and hair grease (laughs) i wanted to end the pod doing something different i wanted to start a tradition and highlight content creators So it only made sense that I highlight one of my brothers and his podcast. So I wanted to give a very special salute to the Civil Back Chronicles podcast. My brother, Ralph, his team, Dre, Triple C. And when I tell you this is one of the most entertaining podcasts in the game right now, I'm selling it too short. It's about two cops changing the way policing is viewed through humor and storytelling. They have uh, literally some of the most amazing, accomplished guests that you can ever imagine. Uh, Both of these gentlemen were born and raised in New York, and now they're serving in Baltimore. And when I tell you some of these stories are nuts, they are fucking nuts. So check them out. Again, it's the Silverback Chronicles podcast. I'll add the information um, as part of my podcast details this week. Salute to you. Salute to the team, Ralph. Love what you guys are doing. Blessings, my brother.